Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast presented by 18 Birdies. This is the WGC HSBC. Let's get to it. What's up, everyone? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast presented by 18 Birdies. We love the guys over at 18 Birdies. It's the best golf app in the business. You can book tee times. You can track your own golf game stats, strokes gained, GPS for your own golf game. Then they have great content from instructional content to giveaways to fantasy content, all the above. Download the 18 Birdies app, and when you do, if you put in the promo code TOURJUNKIES, when you do that, you get one free year of premium access, which gives you all kind of extra features on the app. One free year of premium access. Promo code Tour Junkies. We're going to get into the WGC HSBC from Shanghai, China. We're going to talk about that event, strategy for that event. We're going to talk a little bit about the Sanderson Farms and what you can do there. We're going to recap our performance for the CJ Cup. We've got a great chunk and run segment tonight where we're going to talk about how we happen to land the wives that we landed, which is just an amazing thing in and of itself. Pat is going to give you a great story there. A lot of disagreement in this podcast tonight in terms of player picks and selections. So you're going to want to pay attention to that. We got our fades, our GPPs, and our cash locks as usual. Really, really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Be sure and come back every week as we continue to deliver the best PGA Tour fantasy golf content, golf gambling content in the business. Make your screens be green. Here you go. What's going on, golf addicts? It is the Tour Junkies podcast. I'm David Barnett. I've got Pat Perry with me. We're going to break down some PGA Tour action this week, some WGC at the HSBC. Lots of lots of C's in this episode uh, from Shishan in uh, China and China, China. And we're going to have a good time. We got the chunk and run later on tonight. We're going to have a good time, Pat. Are you okay, buddy? How are you? How are you doing right now? Um, how was your week? How's how's things in in Pat's little mind? You know, I'm I'm good. I um, you know, I didn't know when you started it that way. I, you kind of got me in a good mood because I was sort of grumpy, but I feel like you started just just very, you know, oh, good. uplifting. You know, talking about um, th- there are a lot of C's in this, by the way. WGC, HSBC. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm excited. I'm ready for a new week here. Uh, I had a great weekend. I went fishing. I didn't catch anything, but, but I drank a lot of beer and hung out on a boat. So that was fun. Uh, as far as DFS was concerned, it was, it wasn't great. It was okay. You know, I didn't have a lot of Brooks. I know you did, but I, I didn't. So Yeah. Well, I mean, let's do a quick recap of the CJ Cup. Uh, we did, we definitely did better. We said that we would do better for the CJ Cup than we did the CIMB. Of course, it couldn't have been much worse, but we we definitely did better for the CJ Cup. And thanks to our friend Tom, and he's got us he's got us set up now with the Tour Junkies tracker, so we can keep track of our cash, our GPP, and our fade picks throughout the year. Some highlights from last week at the CJ Cup. Let's see. In cash, Pat, you and I both had Ian Poulter. He finished 10th. He was only 7600 bucks. That was a good call. That's about it for you. Um, and for me, <laughs> I had Jason Day, who finished 5th. I had Rafa Cabrera-Bello, who finished 3rd. 
had Mark Leishman. He finished 18th. Okay. And then, of course, it had Poulter. Uh, if we skip down to the GPPs, we Wait, both let's did. Go back. Wait, let's go back a little bit here. Well, I don't want to spend too much time on a recap. But yeah, anyway, but I, I, I think that I had Day as well. As a matter of fact, on the Roto-Grinders video, uh, he was my... You, you had him as a GPP play. But see, this is what you do. You you do weird picks. You you want It's like you, you want to play a guy in a GPP, but you don't want to play him in cash. So you did have him as a GPP, but you did not list him as a cash Well, player. you just kind of glossed over that. Also had Xander Schott. I haven't got to the GPPs yet, Patrick. Okay. I haven't got there yet. All right. I'm at the GPPs now. Okay, we'll go. We both said Jason Day, also, for GPPs, who finished fifth. We both said Cam Smith, who finished seventh. Um, I had Brooks, who won. I also had Gary Woodland, who finished second. Um, you had Adam Scott, who finished 10th. Mm. Uh, and you hated that pick, by the way. I did hate that pick. I also had Cabrera Bello, who finished 3rd. So I had the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 5th place and 7th place finishers. Uh, it, was, it was pretty good. We both liked Jamie Lovemark down at $6,800. He finished 23rd. That was a good call. Andrew Putnam was another one I liked, who finished 29th. You had Wee Kim. He sucks. Sucks, guy. He was terrible. Then in the fades category, uh, I think you you did better than me in the fades. Um, you had Billy Horschel and Xander, who finished 67th and 48th. You had Chesson Hadley, who finished 73rd. Kevin Tway, who finished 52nd. Uh, I had Hideki and Adam Scott. Those were both not good fades. And then my 7K guys weren't great fades either. Kevin Chappell and Keith Mitchell, who finished 29th and 14th. Now, the big debate last week was between Brant Snedeker and Sung J M. You were extremely high on Sung J M, and he finished 41st. He mm. was a fade. Mm. Uh, I liked Brant Snedeker. He finished 36th. He was your fade. I would say, all in all, uh, they were both equally not that great. Um, you paid a little less for Sung J M than you did Snedeker. Pat, your phone goes off every week during the Tour Junkies podcast. Do you do you need to do you need a lesson in how to put your phone on silent or that was actually you, my computer, not my phone. But you can also mute your computer. I have, I have now done that, and uh, you know okay. I've got three different three different things operating here. I got my iPad, <laughs> I got my computer. That is scary. I got really scary. I got my my cell phone, and you know sometimes I just forget to to do. Uh, you know, to, to mute one of them. Well, I got a question, remember, though. Or you finish here, but I got, I got something I think yeah, we need to talk do you, about. Do you remember the Sung J.M. Uh, Brant Snedeker ownership debate that we had, or were you... Were you no, I remember it. Mean, I'm sure M was... I don't know. Whatever. What was yeah, it? M was about three times, on average, uh, more owned than Brant Snedeker. So. Okay, great. You were horribly off. You were... And, and you were peak Pat last week with me. You got so angry and illogical on me. You wouldn't talk about Sned. You wouldn't even say how high you thought Sned's ownership was going to be. You wouldn't even give us a number. He ended up on average being like 6% owned. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what were you going to say? What were you going to say? Um, all right, so I, I think this is this is pertinent to a, a week like this, and we'll get some other weeks. Like we, Well, we've had them now for three straight weeks. And we'll have some here next year when we really get ramped up. But so when we're talking about us, and this is an honest question, we've done this for three years or whatever. But this is, I, I just, I need to get a handle on this because I don't think I had a handle on it last week. When we're talking about a seventy-eight player field event with no cut, so there's 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 a big difference, especially when you're playing GPPs. What do you consider? 
What, what are you looking at for cash and what are you looking at for GPP? Like, where do you differentiate right there? I mean, what's, what's your biggest factor? To me, it's less of a difference in a 78-man field because in cash, you don't have the edge of, you know, basically in a full field event, you know that if you get 6-6 six of six through just about in a double up or a 50-50, nine times out of ten, you're going to cash. You're, you're going to double up. Yeah. Whereas, obviously, in a, in a no-cut event, 70-something-man field, that's not the case. So I, I, think, they're, I think they're more closely related. In a field like this, I think well, I GPP, too. That's part of my point that I'm getting at. But, but yeah, I think GPP lineups and cash lineups in a no cut seventy something man field event are more closely uh, related. I don't, I don't think they're still the same. I mean, I, I do think that there are guys who you just naturally feel safer with that will that will perform very well. Um, and regardless of ownership, chalky or whatever, you, you'll still play them in cash. And vice versa, you know, I, at the same time, I think ownership becomes the number one thing in, you know, in roster construction when you have an event like this. If you want to win a GPP or finish in the top 1% to 2%, which, you know, the way these DraftKings uh, price, you know, prize structures are set up, that's basically what you're trying to do. So I do think in an event like this, it, it puts way more of an emphasis on ownership than than in a normal event in gpps if you're trying to win those so that that's that would be my answer yeah well i mean for me i I will say this i typically play more gpps than i do cash anyway and especially in these 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 events like this I, i just i feel like it's so hard to i mean you can have brooks in your lineup in a cash lineup and not probably not cash in one of these type of events. Like if you had Brooks last week, I bet there were some people that played him in cash and did not did not cash in that in whatever contest they were in. Yeah, but the same is true on a normal week. If you don't have six of six through, you can have the winner all you want. Well yeah, still... I'm just saying it's it's there is Yeah, I mean I, I had I had a lot of Brooks last week and I, I still had I had some lineups that I was shocked didn't didn't cash. But when you have this short field event you know, that's why we typically advise um, a little less bankroll for events like this. It can just be a little more random. A little, there's a lot more luck involved. You lose the edge of having the the data and the research, and you know, you, you lose a little bit of the edge. So lower the bankroll a bit. Good, good, uh, good thought-provoking content you bring there, Patrick. Well, you know, it's just just something I'm thinking. You know, I mean, I think the listeners are thinking the same thing too. I would be if I was just now listening to us for the first time. Speaking of that, we had a funny. We had a listener. I think his Twitter handle is White Moses or something. He tweeted us last week, and he was like, uh, "Something." You know, he listens to the show, and he's like, "David can come off so pompous at times, but Pat." was completely wrong with his lack of ownership intel on Snedeker or something like that. That was pretty funny. Thank you for that, White white Moses. If you've listened to us for any amount of time, actually for not in, not a, a long amount of time, you will find out that I do not do well with ownership projections. Yeah, like last week. If you started listening to us last week, now you know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't take long to figure that one out. <laughs> 
Pat relies heavily on the tools come Wednesday night yeah. uh, to determine ownership projections. Fan share, um, love for... it. Death taxes and Pat not having a clue about ownership <laughs> percentage. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, you know, you talked about your fishing weekend. I, I had a good weekend too. Me and Ben Little at True Mav, the author of the Chalk Bomb fellow tour junkies uh, cohort me and ben little won the net championship at the one day member guest event at my club champions retreat this past weekend great did some good damage job. good job did some damage i gotta be honest we we played better than than i played better i had more chemistry with ben than i did with you uh earlier in the in the summer that's a like, that's uh, a you problem not a me problem because i played I don't, well I don't know. i'm the I, common denominator and and i won i just i got a trophy now as a result and I played you know, well in the member guest, which you have admitted, and we have press conferences, I believe, to show for it. And you know, I don't know that the press conferences speak anything about our play as much as they speak about our st- our, uh, our state of mind. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I mean, I'm happy for you to win the one one day <laughs> member guest with what they had ten teams in it, where we played in a well, like fifteen. We had a by the way. I just remembered you drinking my loogie water the next morning, the Saturday morning of the memory guest. <laughs> I played well that day. I played well that day, too. Yeah, you had a little bit of me in you. You had a little bit of my DNA in there. Um, Gross. Yeah, and, and I love the people tweeting me about the net championship. and like that's the, the go-to is just sandbagging. Automatically, they go to sandbagging, which, you know, we, I, my, my, my handicap is exactly accurate. I put in all my accurate scores. They take my handicap. Now, Ben did not have an official handicap, so I, I could only go off of what he said, and I feel like he was pretty accurate. Hmm. Um, Here's yeah, what you did. Just, you probably made the there. mistake that everyone out there that plays golf makes. They said, oh, you know what? I average... I average about an 87 or an 88. So let's see. That's, I didn't do that's, that. That's, that's I didn't 15 do that. I or 16 own, I didn't over do that. par. I have my own handicap. So I'm going to give I have a handicap. I'm, I just go in and hey, I put my I'm talking in. right now. So I'm going to give myself, a, I'm going to give you a 15 or a 16. When actually a handicap is what you shoot on a good day. So if you have, it's your 10 best scores. So everybody that always just, estimates a handicap does it wrong every time they say oh i average 88 okay well i'm just gonna give myself a 16 handicap that's just not that's not how it is yeah thank you i I didn't do that yet like i said i have my own i have my own gen number and i type in my scores and it calculates my handicap for me i know yours is correct i'm not talking about you i can't speak to ben i'm not talking about you but ben was a stripe show he was a stripe show He, he hit every fairway um he was a little longer than you not by much but a little bit and uh yeah did his thing so me and ben little the deadly tour junkies team uh hey next week uh i always like to mention this on the podcast i don't don't take long but next week i'm in nashville i'm traveling for work and for my real job and i always like to mention it when i'm in another i'm in another city especially a cool city like nashville if we have any listeners in nashville i will be there i will be available to hang this coming sunday night and maybe tuesday night so if you'd like to, if you'd like to hang out, man, I'll have a, I'll have a buddy with me, and we'll be uh, looking for a good time in Nashville. So hit us up, email info at tourjunkies.com or Twitter or whatever. This is DB begging for friends, begging for uh, for for camaraderie. So there you go. <laughs> um, 
Last thing I got to say, Pat, is we need some. I'm I'm a little I'm a little perturbed. I'm a little perturbed at, at our listeners right now. I know it's the fall swing. I know it's it's lower listenership right now because of the NFL. Uh, I know these these fields are kind of tough, but despite that, I feel like Pat, we have delivered some pretty good content already in this fall swing. The chunk and run has added a nice element. We've got some great feedback from that. Our picks are much more structured and definitive with GPP, cash, and fades. You know, I, I feel like we've continued to deliver some good content. Yet, the support for the tour junkies on social media is just kind of, it's just kind of benign. You know, it's just kind of bland. Like, we're not losing followers or anything, but like our followers aren't really engaging. Like, we like you guys to engage. We need some, like, retweet this, the 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 show tweets. You know, do some, sh- give us a shout out somewhere on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're out there. We'd love to know that you guys have a pulse and that you're listening to the show and that you like something about the show. Or heck, be like White Moses and tell us that I'm pompous or you didn't like something about the show. That's fine too. Just give us a little support. It, it helps. It helps keeps it keeps us going in the fall when it's hard to get motivated for events like this to know that. There are some people out there who still actually care to listen to the show uh, during the NFL season. It, it keeps us motivated. And, and also, finally with that, is leave an iTunes review. It, we haven't really done a big iTunes review push in the last couple months, but we could really use some iTunes review push. I, even if you've left one before, if you have not, it, it, if you left one six months ago or later, you can go back and leave another one or update yours that you had, and it will still help us get the word out about the show about the podcast it's just something very it's something very simple it takes just a couple minutes and it's free to do uh so i'm I'm asking the listeners that are tuning in weekly during the fall swing to give us a little love help help out the tour junkies just a little bit it helps motivate us okay i don't want pat to have to go on one-to-one and like you know drink himself into a a depressing (laughs) coma i feel like this is more like self gratification for you because like it's like uh, it's like you're a, in a video game and like when you when you're dying your your power level is going down but but as a a twitter like like or retweet or somebody actually comments you, so like you're like going down like you're about to die and you're about to be out of the game but then all of a sudden somebody likes somebody retweets something somebody comments something david like rises yeah. rises up you know, with his with his guns and everything, and he's he's ready to go. Like this is this is very uh, telling for me with you and and uh, social media. No, you know you're kind of right. Like it's 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 exactly what I said. It's it's inspiring. It like helps to motivate when you feel like people are paying attention, right? So it's a little to me. It's kind of I envision the old Hulk Hogan move. Remember mm-hmm. when he's like getting the he's getting the crap beat out of him. And all of a sudden, you know, the crowd starts chanting, and he starts shaking the hand, you know, and he starts like shaking the hand in the face, and then all of a sudden, you know, he raises it up, the crowd goes nuts, Hulkamania takes over, you know, like it's kind of like that, and I need a little bit of that in the fall swing. I'm I'm with you. I'm not hating on you. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, Pat, I want to get into, I definitely want to get into the, so we've got two events this week. We've got two events. We've got the WGC HSBC, which we talked about. Um, It's it's from, it's in Shishan, 
Xishan, um, Shanghai, China, China. And it is obviously a WGC event, no cut, 70-something man field. Uh, that's the featured event on DraftKings. So you've got more contests for that, bigger prize pools. That is the featured event on DraftKings. However, there is also a Sanderson Farms Championship event going on at Country Club of Jackson in Mississippi. That is a 122-man event with a cut. And that is also offered on DraftKings. However, the contests are quite small. Prize pools are rather small. Um, so here's what we're going to do tonight. We are going to mainly focus on Shishan and the WGC, as you've got uh, the bulk of the DFS community will be playing in those contests because it's names they recognize and it's the featured event with the better prize pools in DFS. But then at the end of this discussion, we are going to give you a few things that you need to know about the Sanderson Farms. Uh, but before we do that, before we get into stats, I, I got to remind you guys because we had a great response last week on our friends at Peter Millar. It is definitely getting cooler. Augusta has now had a little cold snap, which is always crazy because Augusta stay, feels like it stays hot forever here. So we've had a little cold snap. The Perth pullover that we talked about last week from Peter Millar has been keeping the bodies warm here in Augusta, Georgia, including the wife. She finally got one like your wife, Pat. Yep. So she's super happy about it. Uh, you get all the style points. You can wear it on the golf course. You can. It, it gives you the ability to swing freely if you need to, but also wearing it at work over a polo, over a button-down. Uh, casually, you can wear it out. It's, it's fantastic. But here's the thing. Me and Pat, a while back, went to Peter Millar and picked out a number of items that we really like. And, and, and now, I wouldn't really pay much attention to Pat's page because his, his – he struggles a little bit, but but if you go and you can you can see on the page, you can really see, you can probably tell the things that I picked out, and that's where I would advise you go, um, especially if you're trying to win some points with the ladies. So if you go to petermillar.com slash tourjunkies, you can see all those things that we like, including the Perth pullover, all that kind of stuff. Um, but also when you do that, you can shop anything on the website, and when you shop from there, from that link, you're going to get a free hat and complimentary shipping. So do yourself a favor, head over there right now, petermillar.com slash tourjunkies. Check out some of our favorites. Be sure to use our link, and you'll receive the complimentary shipping and a free hat. That's petermillar, M-I-L-L-A-R.com slash tourjunkies, petermillar.com slash tourjunkies. Gets you that hookup. All right, so I just thought of something, because you said just now that my stuff wasn't as good as your stuff as far as what we picked out for Peter Millar. And you want some Twitter reaction. We mentioned that. You want you want some love on Twitter. So I think I think the folks out there need to go check out this Peter Millar site. Check out my stuff and your stuff. And let us know on Twitter which which they think is actually better. Because I think my stuff's pretty good. I, I like it. I think it's you know it's not pleated pants and Whatever else, I mean, it's it's just every man kind of kind of gear. Well, a couple things. Number one, I, I I was saying that just to make White Moses and others feel like they have a very accurate view on my pompous attitude. Um, and number two, I don't actually think that on the website it says who picked out what. I was just saying like you could probably guess. You know what I mean? All right, well, maybe that's what we should... All right, so go in and guess who picked out what and uh, 
whoever's most accurate, maybe I'll throw out a, I'll throw something. I'm the, I'm the TJ shipping czar, so I'll throw out something <laughs> for the winner. If you can, if you can uh, accurately predict all the items and who, who was, uh, who was the one that picked them out. Interesting. Interesting. All right. All right. Sounds good. The challenge is on for, from, from Mr. Pat Perry. Pat, why don't you hit us with the uh, course breakdown and some thoughts on Shishan. All right. So yeah, we are at the WGC HSBC champions in Shanghai, China. Shishan International Golf Club playing as a par 72, just under 7,300 yards at 72.61. So not very long for a par 72. You know what? I'm impressed with the field they got this week. You got 19 of the top 30 in the world playing this week. Uh, It's a good course. I mean, it's it's probably one of the uh, best courses in the area. I will say, I think you got to be pretty accurate off the tee. The rough can be pretty bad, and there's a lot of trouble off the tee. There's, you know, you could say that you've got a lot of different types of players that have won here. You've got some longer players, but then also your more accurate guys. I'm going to lean more towards the more accurate guys. Uh, looking at the greens, you've got bent grass greens this week. You got Bermuda rough, which does play uh, pretty tough if you miss the fairway. I think you've got to hit the fairways here. Um, I do think length can be an advantage, especially on the par fives. Three of the four par fives are reachable. And uh, this is one of those kind of courses where you should be able to score on as long as the weather is is perfect. But I think that's going to be something we want to look at on Wednesday is where the weather is. Uh, because if it's not looking so good, then it could be p- pretty hard. But they should make some birdies here. You know, with the reachable par 5, should be some eagles. Um, looking at the greens itself, they're, they're actually kind of small greens, but they're not terribly difficult to hit. But I do like scrambling this week as a stat. I think you're going to need to look at that. There's a lot of water, as I mentioned, on the holes here. Uh, there can be, uh, I think, 11 of the 18 holes, there's there's water in play. So you got to avoid the big numbers. Also, there's a lot of false fronts on these greens. So that's going to make them a little bit more difficult to hit. So you need to pay attention to that. And I think, again, you've got to be, you got to be scrambling good, and you've got to be hit, hitting these fairways uh, so that's definitely something I'm, I'm a fan of. You know, looking at stats, I like strokes gained off the tee. I like scrambling, as I mentioned, driving accuracy. I do like that par 5 birdie or better percentage when you're looking at, you know, a par 72 course. I think that's something you always want to want to see because uh, they're going to have a lot of chances for, for birdies on these par 5s. So you're looking at past champs. You had Justin Rose last year who kind of snuck up on it because DJ – had a pretty good lead and then just kind of shat the bed, to be honest, shot 77 on Sunday here and uh, and basically lost the tournament. Kind of, you know, a little, some, a little unusual for him on, on, you know, when you've got such a commanding lead. You got Hideki Matsuyama the year before that, Russell Knox, Bubba Watson. We had DJ back in 2013. One thing I'll mention is Francesco Molinari in 2010 won here. And so you look at those winners, a lot of different styles there. You got a guy like Knox, a guy like Molinari, very accurate off the tee. And then you got somebody like Bubba who's not very accurate off the tee, uh, who's won here as well. So again, I think it, it plays to a lot of different types of players here. Uh, but I'm probably going to be leaning more towards the accurate guys. 
and the guys in good recent form. So there you go. It does look like wind is going to be a pretty consistent factor here at Shishan, and it has been in years past. I think that's definitely something to pay attention to. I mean, sustained winds around 10 to 15 look like the projection for most of the week right now. Now, granted, it's 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 early in the week, so we'll need to check back. But uh, And there, there does look to be some rain in the forecast as well. So kind of similar to uh, last week for the CJ Cup, the weather um, in Korea was similar with, with pretty consistent wind, some gusty moments, and a little bit of weather. That's something you're going to want to check out. Obviously, Ben Little and, uh, and and the Tour Junkies will have some content in the Chalk Bomb right before lineup lock to kind of help you make some of those decisions, whether or not you should favor a wave or anything. Granted, you've only got 70-something players, so the wave isn't going to be a huge advantage, but it should make a it could make a little difference depending on what happens. Uh, but for me, when you have the windy conditions, it just means ball striker, ball striker, ball striker Mm -hmm. guys who hit the ball pure every single time without fail uh, because that's how you can best control your golf ball in the wind I kind of think that this you know by yardage and when you look at the past champions I agree I think it does kind of open it up to allow just about any type of player to win here if they can get hot um, but I, we, we're probably going to have some disagreement. I'm going to lean towards the Bombers a little bit more, and, and primarily just because I think they can take better advantage of good scoring conditions when they present themselves at Shishan. With a little rain in the forecast, I think you could see conditions get a little softer. So you give me, you know, give me more uh, you know, softer conditions. They can throw some darts. Uh, the fairways aren't running out, so they don't have to worry. They don't have to be as accurate off the tee. Um, I, I just think on a golf course like this where 20 under, you know, 17 under, 24 under could possibly win this thing, I, I want guys who are going to take advantage of these par fives, which you mentioned, and predominantly those can be uh, – predominantly those are bombers. Um, so I'm just going to lean that way. Not, not saying that every one of my plays is going to be there, but I'm going to lean that way. So I think but, for me I'm leaning, this, I'm leaning that way when it comes especially to the – to the top guys, you know, the over 9K guys. But when it when we get down to the other players, that's when I'm sort of transitioning a little bit more towards the more accurate players and the scores that, that, that you know, in that, just in that price range. Yeah, and I mean, if you talk strategy a little bit, like when you look at this field, there are what, 78 players. There are probably... I don't know, there's probably 15, 20, that, at least 20, that literally have no chance of winning this event. So, you know, you're, you're talking 55 players or so that have a legitimate chance of winning. You know, if you're going to play in a GPP, you got to have the winner. So I think, you know, in your player pool, you need to have as many guys in there as possible that you think have a, give you a best, you know, the best chance of having the winner in your lineup. Um, so just like last week with a short field, you, you know, if you didn't have Brooks Kepka in a GPP lineup, you weren't doing anything. Mark Leishman the week before, same thing. That being said, I think a lot of the, a lot of different players in that group of maybe 55 could win, but you, you really want to make sure that when you narrow down your pool, that you've got guys in there that you really believe can win and exclude anybody who you really feel like otherwise. Um, you just want as many chances as possible. So 
from a strategy standpoint, that's going to be important. So for me, the, the key stats are ownership. Again, number one, number one in GPPs is ownership. Um, 1B is like birdie or better percentage scoring, DraftKings scoring, um, and that's both in cash and GPP. You're going to need a lot of that, as we mentioned. Easy, you know, typically lower scores. Um, these guys can kind of eat this golf course up. No cut event. You got to have guys who are going to make birdies. Honestly, that's that's really it for me. Like, if I'm going to look at ownership, form. You do have you know some some decent course history here at Shishan. I'm going to look at that. I'm going to look at scores. And I'm, and I'm just thinking about the type of golfer, the ball striker type. I'm not really going to get bogged down in statistics here. I think that can just kind of skew some things a little bit. Um, but I'm thinking the ball striker types, low ownership guys, high birdie or better rate guys, um, and, and guys in, in form and with a decent history, I'll, I'll uh, give those guys an edge as well. What about you? Anything else? Any last minute? tips for you or thoughts for you before we get into the picks no i'm with you there i think that's uh some good points and uh so let's let's get into it all right so this week we're breaking it down 9k and up we're going to give three gpps two cash plays and two fates would you like to start or would you like me to start pat i'll let you start i started last week so i'll let you start i'm gonna go back to the well on brooks kepka I, he just took over the the world number one, which it, it feels like lately the the no, world number one has flip flopped back and forth a lot. You've had DJ, you've had Rose, you've had DJ, you've had Brooks, you've had Justin Thomas at one point in the last twelve months. You've you've had a lot of movement with the world number one. I feel like Brooks like gives a rip about the world number one a little bit, or at least I think he wants to hang on to it longer than a few days. Um, and, and DJ and Rose are right on his heels there. Obviously coming off the win in Korea last week, playing well. And I think this golf course suits him really, really well. You, you did mention the greens at Shishan. There's a lot of undulation. The greens can get a little quick, up to 12 on the stint meter. Um, there's some runoffs. Brooks has the total package, to me, better than any golfer on the planet, honestly. I mean, you know, I, I think his game, his, his long game to, compared to DJ is as close as it gets, but his, his short game is miles better. Um, and he plays better overseas. He's got the experience, the European Tour experience that he that he came up cutting his teeth on. I, I just think he's a good a good play. He was 17% owned last week, and I honestly don't think we see much of a bump in that. This this may be the old, you know, I'm not going to play the guy the week after he wins. Uh, I'll go up and play DJ, who's gained 44 strokes on on the field in the last five years at this event, or I'll play Rose, or I'll play a lot of these other studs. So I don't think Brooks is ownership is really going to creep much higher than it was last week so i'll take brooks for gpps um my last two gpps in this range are near the bottom uh i'll give you paul casey at 9200 um gained 23 strokes here at shishan in the last five years so plays really well uh, on this golf course and t18th and t13th in his last two starts i like paul casey he was on 13 percent last week Great ball striker, can play in windy conditions, can get hot. Uh, so I'll, I'll roll with Casey. I could see his ownership maybe going up a little bit, but probably not much, uh, honestly. So I also like um, Casey in cash. He's a cash lock for me. But my third GPP play is honestly based on – it's primarily based on when I look at these at these names from 9K and above, I, I feel like he could be the lowest-owned guy here. 
and that's John Rahm. I, I, he finished 36th here in his first attempt last year, so nothing great. Um, he's not really, you know, we haven't really seen him much since the Ryder Cup, since the, the, the you know, the Tour Championship. Um, so not much of a history here, not much recent form. Guys don't really, I, I don't know, Rahm is like one of the least favorite guys in this range, given his volatility. Um, but you give me the four rounds, you give me the scoring potential, the bomber in Rom and the low owned. I, I feel like Rom and Hatton are going to be two of the lower stone guys in this range. So, and I just like Rom's game better. So, for me, it's Brooks, Paul Casey, and John Rom. Wow. So yeah, I'll start off with. Uh, actually, I like Rom too. He's one of my top GPP plays as well. Um, you know, he's a little more accurate off the tee than I think people think he is. Um, from what I'm looking at, he's actually top 10 in the field when we look at fantasy national and good drives gained. So I do like that. He's also, obviously he's going to be strokes gained off the tee. He's, he's sixth there. Uh, birdie or better percentage, he's 15th. I, I just think Rom is, is going to be coming under the radar a little bit. A guy that, you know, when you have a great field like this where you have so many guys that are in the top, you know, top 25 in the world, uh, he's he's a guy that I think can, can win this tournament and definitely outplay his price at 9300 So I do like some John Rahm. Totally with you there. I like Rory and GPPs at 10-7. Um, a guy that's just great off the tee, makes a ton of birdies, definitely makes those on, on uh, par fives as well. And he also is fourth in the field in bogey avoidance. And there, you know, there's some there's some big numbers out here on this tournament. When you look at uh, on this course, when you look at the you know the amount of water out there with uh, these tough greens, I, I think that you know Rory is one of those guys that you typically thinks you think may have the bigger number. But you know what? He's he's fourth in the field there in the in bogey avoidance. Also checks the box in uh, scrambling as well. So I like some Rory at 10-7. I think he's a good GPP play. And you know what? You could probably play him cash or GPP, but I like DJ. I'm just going to play him this week. I, I think you know, he's obviously won here before. He had that terrible experience last year where he, he basically just gave it away and should have won it again. But I love it You know, as far as his course history, where his form is. Uh, you look at all the stats, he's going to hit everything out there, strokes gain approach, birdie or better percentage, uh, par five scoring, bogey avoidance, strokes gained off the tee, all of those things. So I still think DJ is a good GPP play. Also, I'd probably play him in cash as well. All right, so my cash plays, I already mentioned one, is Paul Casey. Uh, my second one is Jason Day. I, I mean, I, and the only reason I didn't put Jason Day in the GPP Categories. He was 25% owned, 8% higher than Brooks Kepka last week, plus he's cheaper. Uh, now Brooks went on to win. Jason Day's still top 10, but he's much cheaper than Brooks. I feel like Jason Day's going to be a little more popular, So, but I will roll with him in cash. I like him for um, for cash. He finished, uh, let's see, 11th here last year, 5th last week. So I don't mind Jason Day. So pa Paul Casey, Jason Day are my cash plays. So you said DJ, and who else was your cash play? Uh, well, DJ, uh, basically, uh, he is a GPP play for me. I have I have two others, but I do think you can play him in cash. But I like Rose and Molinari in cash. I mean, I think how how can you go wrong with both those guys? Molinari's won here before. 
Uh, he's been playing incredible lately, obviously accurate off the tee. Rose has been playing you know, just as well. Uh, I think these, those are two guys right there that I, you can just plug into your lineups, not have to worry about them. They're, they're probably going to have a top 10, top 15 finish. So I do like Rose and Molinari as, as two of my, my favorite cash plays here. Well, if you, if you like DJ so much, why wouldn't you play DJ over Rose in cash for $300 more? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I like them both. I mean, I can't, can I not like them both in cash? You can. I mean, you just, I don't, I don't, all you, you always pick different guys for cash and GPPs when it doesn't always have to be that way. Okay, is that what you is that all you have to say? <laughs> well, I thought you'd have a rebuttal there. No, I don't have anything to say. You keep going. <laughs> okay, who are your fades? I'm deciding that tonight that if you just <laughs> you have some sort of I'm just not even going to answer you. So okay, who are your fades? Are you going to answer that? Yeah, I'll answer that. My two fades are Alex Norin and your guy Jason Day. Um, I don't like Jason Day off the tee. He's he tends to spray it a little bit. He doesn't. Doesn't check the box for me when it comes to accuracy off the tee. So I think Jason Day's a fade at 10-3. I, lo- I loved him last week, but for this course, I don't like him. Um, and then Alex Noren is just a guy that's you know been very popular uh, for the most part last year, but we haven't seen anything from him lately. Um, doesn't check the box in driving accuracy off the tee, not good. Around the green, not good. Birdie or better percentage, not good. Uh, par five scoring not good. I mean, the only thing that Alex Noren checks the box for me is bogey avoidance. Other than that, there's just nothing there, and he doesn't have any. You know, his recent form isn't great. So I think he Alex just finished eighteenth. He finished what? He just finished eighteenth last week. Not, no, I don't. I still don't. I don't. Again, I don't think that uh, he's he's what you typically would see with him. I mean, he's. 18th last week, yeah, he's 24th at the BMW, 43rd at the Dell, which those are whatever, a couple weeks ago. Um, You know, I mean, he did finish 12th here in 2017, but other than that, nothing great. 54th and a T31 here. I don't like Norn at 9,000. I think that's just paying up way too much for him. All right, so my two fades are... I, I'll make this really quick. They're purely based on ownership. Um, you know, you, obviously, every player in this 9K and above range, they're all really, really good. And, and it's very easy to want to play all of them because um, they're all world-class players. This is a WGC event. It's, it's a very top-heavy field. So this is a really, a really good range, and it sucks to have to fade any of them, but you got to plant a flag. And to me, the only guys in here that I, I – you know, I want to plant a flag on are really ownership based. And the first one is DJ. I think even though DJ is the highest price guy on the field, I think people are going to see that course history. It's DJ. Uh, and I think they're going to pay up for him. And I'll, I'll just, I'll just plant my flag and hope for the best, right? I'm picking Brooks over DJ. Uh, he's the highest price guy. I'll take a little bit of price savings there with DJ with the fade there and just hope that it happens. But I, I have no stats to back that up. It's just ownership Price, that's all it is. The next guy is Tony Finau at 9,900. Played here last year, finished 11th. Does it suit well? Does does, does the the course suit up well for Tony Finau? Absolutely. Will Tony Finau be one of the most popular players in this entire field? 
Absolutely, because the DFS community loves Tony Finau, as do I, and they love to play Tony Finau. So at, at the cost savings of 9900 which feels like a pretty good value for Tony Finau uh, and his scoring ability and the way this sets up and the 11th place finish last, you know, last year at this event, people are going to be itching to play Tony Finau. I feel like his ownership is going to be elevated as well. It's just an edge on the field if you can fade these guys and they don't and they don't pop. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Let's move to the 8K range. We're going to give you two GPPs, one cash, one fade. I'll start. Um, GPP play for me is Patrick Cantlay. Don't care the ownership. He's similar to Finau. He's a pretty popular DFS favorite, but I love Patrick Cantlay. It's hard for me to quit this kid. He's a great ball striker. Really good ball striker. Finished fifteenth here at Shishan last year. Um, I just I love I love Patrick Cantlay. All that he is, I, I love him. I think he could win this event. Um, I love him in any conditions: uh, long courses, short courses, driver heavy courses, not so driver heavy courses. He fits the bill in just about every golf tournament that he will play in this year. Love Patrick Cantlay. My last GPP play in here is going to be a little bit of a uh, it's going to be a little bit of a pivot here because I think he's going to be pretty low owned. Xander Schauffele, who didn't play well last week, finished 48th last week, 25th the week before, played here last year for the first time, finished 46th. Not great. All reasons not to play him. But I think the reason you play him is, again, I said my number one thing is going to be ownership when it comes to GPPs. I think he'll be pretty low. He was 7% last week and then finished 48th out of 70-something. So I think that ownership may go down. I mean, he could be 5% or less. We know he can win in big-time fields against big-time competition. He can pop at any point. He can get hot and score. Uh, he's a great scorer. He hits it a long way. Good ball striker. So for me, at 8,100 below the below the uh, you know kind of the average price, um, I'll I'll take some chances on Xander in GPP. So Xander and Cantlay are my GPP plays. What about you? Well, I'm not on Xander. I think the trend has been set oh, I get for it. him. I think the yeah, trend has been set for him. He's just he's not he's not playing it's not, well right now. It's not now. looking good. I, I think I, he's, I agree. Yeah, I just I don't I don't like that at all. But I mean, it's it's the gut play and it's the ownership leverage play. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I get you, but I, I'm just I'm not going to play him. Um, I, I I'm back on Adam Scott again this week. I, I think he's just he he proved last week that he's been playing well. Uh, I like the price at eighty four hundred. So I think that Adam Scott is. Uh, is definitely you know in play. I mean, and then and then when you look at the the stats with him, I mean, he's you know he's been driving the ball pretty accurate. He's always been a great ball striker. You you yeah. talk about ball striking a lot. I mean, that is one of his you know, biggest things that he's been great at. It's just been the putting. But I, I think when he's playing well, I want to ride him, and and I'm going to do that again at 8400. So I do like Adam Scott. Also, I like uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick. I think that he is uh, going to be coming in under the radar a little bit this 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 week. Um, just a solid, solid player. Um, he's finished T9, T16, and T7. So not outside, really, basically the top 15 in this tournament. So he's been playing playing pretty well. Um, when you look at the stats, um, you know, also 
fits. He's he's a great, accurate driver of the ball. He doesn't score a ton. I mean, that's where if you're going to worry about him a little bit, it's when it b- comes to you know birdies and, and things like that. But I I do I think that this is a this is a good course setup for him. So I like some Matthew Fitzpatrick. Also checks the box and uh, doesn't really have a ton of blow up scores. So I think. He will be a great play there at 8,700. So those are my two GPPs: are Adam Scott and Matthew Fitzpatrick. All right, who's a lot of a lot of uh, disagreement and like not picks not lining up tonight. Interesting. Who, mm-hmm. Who's your who's your one cash lock if you had to pick one cash play in the 8K range? I think in the 8K range, I think Poults is the is the cash lock. I think Ian Poulter is just playing so solid lately. Um, on whatever course he's playing on, he's he's just been been playing pretty well. So I think that uh, you know you look at his tournament history here. He's got two top ten finishes. Um, and now it's been a while ago, back in fifteen and, and two thousand fourteen was T six, also a second place finish. Um, but it, it's just he's just been playing great golf, and I think he's just one of those plug and play guys. He was T ten last week at the CJ Cup. So I think Ian Poulter is. Uh, a guy that you can just trust in your cash lineups, probably gonna out out uh, play his his value here at eighty six hundred on DraftKings. So I love some Ian Poulter this week. I don't hate that play at all. I'll I'll go Cantlay um, just from maybe a scoring potential. I could see I could see more DraftKings points out of Cantlay than Poulter, but I I think Poulter's close. I I, I don't mind that play at all. All right, one fade in this range. I'll, I'll tell you mine, and it's a guy that I usually love to play. Byung-Hun An, I'm going to fade. He was 23% owned last week. Now, he did finish 41st, which I'm sure might might lower the uh, ownership percentage somewhat. But people like to play Byung-Hun An, as do I. Uh, so I don't I don't really know that the ownership percentage is going to drop You know, really, really low. I do think it's going to take a hit. Uh, he's lost three strokes at Shishan when he's played. Um, so from an ownership, kind of recent form is kind of blah. Uh, you know, performance here has been kind of blah. I, I'm going to take the fate on, on Byung-Hun An. Yeah, I can't hate you on that. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm okay with that one. My fate is going to be Patrick Reed. I think this is like the silly season for Patrick Reed. Like, I don't think he really cares about it the all that much. The silly season? Yeah, and that way they call like he's got to care about a WGC event. Like, there's a lot of FedEx Cup points at stake. He probably does, but I just think of it as you know, I I think of preseason football in the NFL as the silly season, and I think this is the silly season right now for especially for guys like Patrick Reed. I just don't know. I know he traveled and whatever else, but hasn't been playing incredible lately. I mean, his best finish was a T19 at the BMW what a month ago. Um, very disappointing in the Ryder Cup. Just not a fan of, of some Patrick Reed this week. I, I will, I will definitely fade him. I don't, I don't see any reason whatsoever to put him in your lineup. Man, I hate him this week. I actually just, I can't stand him this week. He's gonna win now. Um, he's he's totally gonna win. Pat, I'm excited. I'm excited to bring back a a supporter of the Tour Junkies podcast in ethos. If you think about all the things that you work hard for, that you provide for your family, your home, maybe a college education, maybe it's that 
gated community like Pat lives on with a bridge that you have to get over to get to his place? How do you make sure all those things are even still possible if something unexpectedly happens to you? What do you do? All right, so the old way, life insurance, it used to be a pain. You dealt with an agent. It came across like a used car salesperson. You had to schedule a blood test at a doctor's office, read all this paperwork, fine print, legal jargon. But our friends at Ethos, who partnered with the Tour Junkies podcast in the past, uh, are back at it again, and the application only takes 10 minutes online. You get honest, upfront pricing, and no doctor's appointments for policies under $1 million. Pat, you could get a policy for $999,999.99 to pay out to beautiful Sally Perry if you get hit by the beer truck, you know? Yeah. And the application only takes 10 minutes. 10 I minutes. need one of those. 10 minutes? Yeah. yeah. You get your free quote and you submit your complete application in just 10 minutes at tourjunkies.getethos.com. One more time, that's tourjunkies.getethos.com. Tourjunkies.getethos.com. So check those guys out. If you need some life insurance, it's got to be something you do. I mean, it's so cheap anyway. Like it's 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 very very cheap. So, um, you if you don't that. have life, well, well, if you have kids and you don't have life insurance, and you're just crazy. That's true. That's true. Um, let's get into the seven K range here, Pat. Bigger range. We're gonna go three GPP plays, two cash, two fades. Um. My my GPP plays. I, I kind of went. Uh, I went near the bottom here. I'm gonna get. Uh, I'm I'm really excited about these GPP plays. I hope come Wednesday that these are not like super chalky plays because I'm gonna. I feel fixed. like we're gonna be on the same page with these Ooh, guys. We'll see. We have not been so far. Um, my first one is gonna come at seventy three hundred dollars, Mister Eddie Pepperell. Cha-ching! Cha-ching! Oh, we got we, we got a check mark. Number there one, check check. Um, one two weeks ago, been in phenomenal form on the European Tour. Just a, a great ball striker, really good scorer, can play in windy, wet conditions. I think Eddie Pepperell at 7,300 is an easy GPP call. Um, the All last those reasons I'm on the same, I'm on him too, so we can knock that out for me. There we go, boom. Um, I'm going to play CT Pan. Oh, okay, no, I have him in cash, not GPP. <laughs> nice. Well, <laughs> I, I like CT at 7K. I, I feel like the the values there, uh, he was owned around 9% last week. He finished 23rd last week, 30th the week before that. You know, if he turns you in a top 20 finish at that price, I think you're, you're getting a pretty good value out of CT Pan. But I think his upside is actually better than that, even in a strong field like this. He's a steady player, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, motivated for that first win on the PGA Tour. Uh, so I like C.T. Pan. Uh, and, and then finally, I really like Julian Surrey at 7K. Okay, so nothing nothing on Surrey? <laughs> yeah, he, I thought about him. I, I, does that you count? thought about it? All right, so he finished, he finished uh, fifth uh, two weeks ago on the European Tour. Uh, here, here's what I like about Surrey extremely aggressive player, bombs the ball off the tee, takes advantage of par fives, good ball striker. If the putter can get remotely warm with Surrey, he can win this event. He's he's played really well in big-time events. If you look at his performance in majors, I think he finished 19th at the PGA. Don't, don't quote me on that. 
but he's played well in majors. He's played well in big-time events. This kid has got a lot of game at 7,000. You get, I believe, wholeheartedly, you get winning upside in this field at a WGC. You get a guy like Julian Surrey uh, at 7K, and I love the scoring potential for him. Uh, and I think guys like Surrey, Eddie Pepperell, you're going to have a little bit lower ownership just because they're European. They're, they've spent a lot of their time on the European tour. Now, Surrey does a lot on the PGA tour, but he's still relatively unknown by the masses. Now, we talked about this last week. I don't know. I don't know how much general public is playing DraftKings golf right now, but I, I, I still don't think the ownership's going to be outrageous on Surrey unless he just gets a ton of chatter around the DFS industry. So Pepperell, CT Pan, Julian Surrey, three GPP plays. You agree on Pepperell. Who are your other two GPP plays? Well, I also like. Um, well, I think Thomas Peters is a, is a pretty good GPP play here at seventy one hundred. He's a guy that's just so hit or miss, but has the length on this course to be able to take advantage of it. He is third in the field in par five scoring, also tenth in strokes gained approach, fourteenth in bo- bogey avoidance. So he's not really having those big numbers, which you can't have on this course. So I think Thomas Peters is a good play at seventy one hundred. Also, like Kyle Stanley, I think he is a great player. As a matter of fact, I'm surprised you didn't mention him at all. Um, he is a very accurate driver of the ball. Checks the box and strokes gained off the tee, also around the green, and then strokes gained approach. Also on par five scoring and bogey avoidance. I mean, he's a guy that I think is just all around one of the better players in this field when it comes to a course fit for for Shishan International. So I like some Kyle Stanley at 7,600. So those are my other two GPP plays. All right, cash play. You said your one cash play is CT Pan? Uh, I like CT Pan, but I also like Kyle Stanley also as cash as well as GPP. Okay. My cash play is also is CT Pan. That's my, I, I like I like Pan and cash, um, and I like Pepperell in cash. So same same two there for me. Two fades in this range. I'm going to fade Russell Knox. I know he won here before. He's got a good history here. Just haven't seen a lot of him lately. Don't really like the scoring potential. I think Knox sets up better if the weather really, really looks nasty. Um, but I'm, I'm just, I don't, I don't like Knox. He's just also one of those guys I just don't like playing. Which in DFS golf, you can do that. If you just don't like playing the guy, you can just not play him. So I, I don't like that. One of my easiest fade calls is Thomas Peters. I do not like Thomas Peters here. He has shown very little form, like at all lately. He has not played well here. He, you know, the the how many putters has he broken over his knee or his neck or chucked in the woods or whatever? Like I just don't. I get the bomb, you know. I said I like the bombers and I like the aggressive types and I like the guys who can score on par fives. That's all Thomas Peters. I just don't think, I just don't think you get anything else from him. So I think he's actually an easy fade call for me. So Peters and Knox are the two fades. All right. Well, one of mine fades is uh, Kevin Na. I think that he's a guy that is somebody that everybody loves to play, but he hasn't really been playing great lately. Um, when it looks, when you look at um, stats, he's he's not checking the box in any really anything for me. So I don't like Kevin Knott at seventy four hundred, and I will not play him at, as, at all. 
That's it for me on a fade. I mean, you wanted two fades, but that's that's really the only the only guy that I'm really like strongly feeling about as far as fading this week. All right, let's get into the 6K range. Um, really, in this range, we're just looking for because so many of these guys you, you just don't need to play. Uh, Pat, in this range, just really looking for at least one decent GPP play. <sighs> Well, I think, you know, if you're going to look in this range, I mean, the guy that I'm I'm probably going to zero in on is uh, probably Charlie Hoffman, 6,900 right there at the top. I think he's just, he's the class of uh, of this field as far as those guys are concerned. I mean, he's, he hasn't been playing great lately, but I do like that price for him. Also, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, sleep on uh, Sharma. At 6,700. I think he could be a decent play as well. But there's not a whole lot of guys here that I really like. I'm just not mm. I'm not a big fan of the 6K range. And I think you're doing exactly what a lot of the general DFS public will do this week and overlook a guy in here who is lesser known but has had arguably one of the best seasons of anyone playing golf on the planet right now. And that is three-time European Tour winner Matt Wallace at $6,800. Love Matt Wallace here. I will have heaps of Matt Wallace. Won three times on the European Tour. Almost made the Ryder Cup. Maybe arguably should have made the Ryder Cup over a few other guys. He probably should have. I agree with you. He should have. He bombs the ball off the tee. It didn't matter, but... No, it didn't matter. Bombs the ball off the tee. Scores a lot. Plays well in big-time competition love the scoring potential and upside and value that you get for Matt Wallace at that price. He is my one and only lock in the $6,800 range. Don't even mind if you had to play him in cash. I probably... I, you know, I think you could play him in cash, actually. I, I, I love Matt Wallace here. Yeah. I think he's a fantastic play. Um, all right, that that wraps up Shishan. Let's talk a little bit about Sanderson. Not much, but here's what I will say about the Sanderson. Um... When you look at the DraftKings lobby, there's not a whole lot of exciting contests going on for the Sanderson. And if it were me, I'll just tell you what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to do a little more traditional betting for the Sanderson, um, you know, than than maybe DFS. What you see with the Sanderson and past winners, like freaking, I mean, I think like, isn't this the event Cody Gribble won? Did Cody Gribble win here? Mm-hmm. Cody Gribble's one here. Ryan Armour won here last year. I mean, there's just all kind of like randos that win this event. Obviously, it's a really weak field. You've got, uh, I believe, 49 of the 50 Web.com graduates are, are in this field. Uh, it's a weak field event, but it basically means that a lot of a long shot can come out of nowhere and win the Sanderson. So I think I'll have a fair amount of action. I, I may even I may even up the bankroll significantly over on mybookie.ag for the Sanderson. That's what I would do. I'm not really going to play a lot of DK for the Sanderson. Um, I think I'd much prefer to make outright bets. And we'll probably include a couple of our favorites uh, in the Chalk Bomb this week. So be on the lookout for the Chalk Bomb. If you don't already subscribe to that, you need to do so. Uh, That that would be my thoughts for the Sanderson. It's it's at the Country Club of Jackson uh, in Mississippi. It is a um, it's a pretty easy golf course. I would look for southerners, southern guys that can handle the heat and the Bermuda. 
um, conditions, and uh, that can go low because you got to go low with the Sanderson. I mean, do you do you have anything you would add? No, I would say the same thing. If I'm if I'm playing anything this week, it's just betting, you know, on a site like my bookie and just uh, taking some of the odds because there's pretty long odds on some really good players this week that you might have some value to uh, be able to 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 make a little money. So yeah, a couple. Uh, I'll just throw out real quick a, few, a handful that kind of stood out to me um, that I saw earlier today. These numbers may have changed, but Wesley Bryan at two twenty-five to one. I mean, he hasn't played great at all, but he's an experienced PGA Tour pro. He's won on the PGA Tour before. He's a Southern guy. Two twenty-five to one is a lot. Tom Lovelady at one seventy-five to one attracts me a good bit. I think I'll have. I think I'll have a couple units on a Lovelady. Mullinax one fifty to one. I'll have a few units on Mullinax for that. Uh, Harris English at 100 to 1 is interesting. Tyler Duncan, 110 to 1 is interesting. Um, Sam Burns, LSU product, 80 to 1. I think those are some interesting bets. I'm, I'm not really going to bet anybody probably shorter odds than, than Sam Burns at 80 to 1. Yeah, I, don't know why, I think that's, why you would. That's probably where you go there, but. Um... I mean, you look at a guy. I like some Peter Monadi at fifty to one. I like. Uh, uh, I mean, there's a there's a few guys in here that I think that you could look at. You got Curtis Luck at sixty six to one. Uh, I think he's a he's a good play. I do like Sam Burns, just like you just said. So I think those are guys. Nick Taylor at sixty to one. Nick Taylor, he I is think, is a very good winner. bet at sixty to one. Don't like that as much. I'd much rather I'd rather have Sam Burns over all those bets, and he's longer odds. Do you need me to comment on that? Because I don't have anything to comment on. I figured you would. Uh, all right, let's get to the chunk and run, Pat. Since I'm losing you over there, Man. chunk and run tonight comes from I'm going to butcher this name, Kyle Sinning Sinninghay Sinningy Sinninghay. Sinning e, sinning a, Samsonite. I don't know, uh, but thanks, Kyle. Thanks for submitting a chunk and run question. We appreciate it. You will go into a drawing, or we will just send you some free stuff for participating. We need more chunk and run questions. We got a bunch of them last week. They were great. We've got a little little bank built up. Don't be discouraged if yours doesn't get in immediately. We we will get we may get it in later on in the year. And if you get it in. We will send you some free stuff, or we will put you in a drawing for something. We will give you some sort of option to get something for just freaking sending a simple email to info at tourjunkies.com. The chunk portion about something related to golf, the run portion about anything else. Here we go. Pat, the chunk question. Who do you anticipate to have the best year coming out of the web.com tour? Yeah. Good question. Am I first or are you first? Yeah, I said Pat. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, for me, it's going to be your name is Pat. Okay, thank you. So for me, it's going to be Sam Burns. I don't think how I don't understand. You can't go. I mean, there's a lot of good guys that are coming out on this in this class, but I think Sam Burns is the man. You look at it. I mean, he won. By the way, he won the Savannah Golf Championship right in my neighborhood. So I love that. Yeah. 
But he had five top tens on the web.com. He was 11 of 14 as far as cuts were made. And then when you look at his PGA starts, because he did have several starts on the PGA Tour, uh, he had two top tens, and he made nine of 15 cuts. So I think for a guy like that, I mean, coming off the web.com, that is a just a no-brainer as far as one of the guys that you can start when it comes to uh, – playing a web.com guy. I love Sam Burns. I think he's one of the most talented guys we've seen in a while on the web.com tour. So I love him as 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 my whatever play of the whatever we're supposed to be doing here. Play of the wow. day. Wow. Um, I think Sam Burns is a great player. I think he's a known commodity. I'm going to try to give you a guy who may not be as known of a, com- uh, a commodity coming off the web.com, Kyle. Uh, his name is Cameron Champ. Cam Champ. Oh, because was... nobody knows who Cameron Champ is. Um, Cam was sixth on the money list on the web.com tour last year, $280,000. Also, like, hey, a lot of people know who Cameron Champ is. This is very surprising. A lot less know who Cam Champ is than Sam Burns because Sam Burns played in 15 PGA Tour events, which you just mentioned. Cameron Champ played in like one. So, a lot less people know. Which is what I said. Everybody knows who Cameron Champ is. Oh, my God. Um, he had five top tens, made 16 out of 21 cuts on the web.com. He's a Walker Cup player from 2017. 23 years old from Sacktown, Sacramento, California. Here's some stats for old Cam Champ on the web.com. He was second in ball striking for the year, 15th in good drive percentage, fourth in greens and regulation, eighth in birdie or better, and second in eagles per hole. The dude scores a lot. But here's what I'll also tell you. No one on the PGA Tour will hit the ball farther than Cameron Champ. He was first in driving distance on the web.com, averaged 343 when they recorded it. I have seen with my own eyeballs in person Cam Champ on a track man at Tony Finau's event hit a ball 381 yards with a very normal freaking bomb stock it. swing. Okay. Yeah. This was unbelievable. I saw it with my own eyes. Then his coach, who was leading this little instructional thing, said, hey, Cameron, hit the low stinger. So with his driver, he hits a low stinger 360, and it didn't get higher than a telephone pole. And this kid is like six foot, 180 pounds. He's lean. He doesn't have like the big Brooks, DJ, John Rahm, you know, left wrist bowed. He doesn't like swing it around his neck like John Daly or Phil. It's a very compact golf swing, but this kid just generates a ton of speed and hits the middle of the club face a lot. And to me, the PGA Tour is set up for guys who crush it off the tee, get to greens in regulation, and can score, and that is exactly what Cameron Champ does. Is he a great putter? No. Is he a good scrambler? No. So if you pick your spots with Cam Champ and he's smart about his schedule – you play him at events where that's not as necessary. You play him at events where you got to go really low to win. But I think Cameron Champ is going to be a star on the PGA Tour. It may not be this year, but I think it's, I think for years to come, he's going to be a stud. I think the game is just set up for him that way. So love some Cameron Champ. He is in the field for the Sanderson as well. So, um, all right, Pat. So that leads us to the run section of the night. Let's let's button this up. Um, the question is. How did you meet your wife, and how did you close the deal? 
He must. These guys must have seen pictures of our wives because they're 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 scratching their heads, wondering how we met them. Uh, are mm. they Russian pay you know mail order brides? And yeah. how did we close the deal? So I'll start with you, Pat. All right, so I start on this one. So, well, I met on I met my wife uh, at a bar. We were at a uh, I called it oots oots bar because it was just like and sound like a a dying seal or something. Maybe that that maybe maybe I didn't do that justice, but so I met her and um, she. I've never heard you say that before. An Oontsoonts bar. <laughs> that's what it was. I mean, it was one of those bars where they're playing that music, and it's just like, ding, ding, ding. anyway. So, um, yeah. So it was, it was good. And then you know, the funny thing was, was she, I, I almost left, and then I decided I was like, you know what, I gotta go back and get this. I'm gonna ruin a moment here and not be able to get this girl's number and do whatever else. So I went back and got her number, called her later, and then we, you know, the rest is history. But um, I almost, I literally had was like a mile away from the the bar and uh, told whoever I can't remember who was driving me that I was like, because you know I have people that drive me. And I was like, I, 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 yeah. I gotta go, I gotta go back and find out who this is, and uh, get her number. So I did that, and then the rest is history. So there we go. Do you remember what you said to get her number? Like, what was your, like, do you have, any, do you have any memory of that? Um, not really. I don't think I can say anything that's a great story there. Okay. She was just, she was just uh, taken aback by her good looks and rosé. Were you drinking rosé that evening? Um, probably not. For for a uh, you don't I, drink rosé to uns uns bar. No, I didn't do that. But I mean, you you wouldn't believe this, but I actually have a little bit of game with ladies, and, and uh, <laughs> it, it worked that night. Good for you. Um, for me, mine is uh, interesting. So I met my wife because her best friend in high school was my high school sweetheart. So the girl that I dated in high school forever, you know, like the one that you think you're going to be with forever and like you break up and get back together and break up and get back together and break up and get back together. That one was my wife's best friend. And then she dumped me to go um, get loose at Georgia Southern for a little bit. And while, while, while I was single, um, I was actually working master's week for a friend of mine doing some hospitality stuff, as was my wife, Kristen. And we just kind of got a chance to get to know each other outside of like the, the other relationships that we had. We actually used to double date with our other, our significant others back in the day. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just, we hung out that week, master's week. And I charmed her, you know, as uh, as you would suspect. And I took her on her our, our first date was the par three. It actually didn't even take very long into the week. I mean, it was Monday we started working. By Wednesday, I already had her on a date, and I took her to the par three tournament at, at Augusta on Wednesday. So our first date was the par three, and um, it was a very very good time. It was in 2005 um, that that was when that happened. And you know, you take a lady to the par three. 
and you tell her a little bit about golf, and you let her see a yeah. 2005 yeah. version of uh, Adam Scott up close, and you can pretty much seal the deal, no problem. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the rest is history. And then when I when when word got back to my ex girlfriend that I started dating my wife, she called me wanting to get back together and like throw my wife under the bus and all that stuff. It was all Jerry Springer esque. It was really bad. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's how that went down. So there nice. You go. That's, that's how, good stuff. That's how I did it. Yeah, good deal. All right, well, you know. Another another good chunk and run segment. Thanks everybody for listening to the Tour Junkies podcast. We hope you, you we, we hope your screens are green. You have a great week. We'll be back next week as always. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Pat needs to go to bed. See ya. Out. Oh wow, that was a good out. <laughs> it was a wounded out. Oh.